Spring is in the air at Global Voice Broadcasting. Fresh new shows are hitting the airwaves every day. Shows about all the things that matter to you in your life. Music, fashion, celebs, and more. It's all here, and it's getting better every day. Only at Global Voice Broadcasting. My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Uncomfortable gross, pain, bloating, blood, yuck. Damn it, I ruined my favorite underwear. Take a wild guess what we're exploring today. These answers to my latest Girl Boner poll where I just asked folks to share the first thing that came to their mind when they heard the word menstruation say a lot about our perspectives on periods in our culture. But there's a lot more to our cycles than the challenges and more we can do about them than many people realize. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm so stoked to be covering this super important topic today. I really think it's valuable for all genders. Later in the show, we will address sexy monogamy, or rather how to keep monogamy sexy with Dr. Megan. But first, periods. So back on March 10th, you may recall, we shared some women's funny or embarrassing period stories, including one of my own. It's a doozy. And gabbed about period sex with Dr. Megan. Today, we're going to carry on that conversation with someone who is not only an expert on periods, but whose work empowers those who menstruate like nobody else. Mickey Agrawal is a fierce, award-winning serial social entrepreneur. She was named 2015 Social Entrepreneur of the Year at the World Technology Awards, and her company, Thinks, was named in Time Magazine's 25 Best New Inventions of 2015. She received the Tribeca, Can, uh, Tri- Tribeca Film Festival's Disruptive Innovation Award and was named one of the top 20 millennials on a mission that is so awesome on Forbes. She is the CEO and co-founder of Thinks, which is a high-tech beautiful underwear solution for women to wear during their periods. If you've been online at all social media, you hear everyone talking about them. They're fabulous. And get this, she teamed up with AfroPads in Uganda to fund a pack of reusable cloth pads for every pair sold to get millions of girls regaining education. And to date, Mickey and Thinks have helped over 30,000 girls go back to school. And this really only skims the surface of Mickey's work. Thank you for the incredible work you do for women around the world, Mickey, and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> sure, of course. I'm really, I'm really excited to to chat with you about your awesome work and your your journey. I was already a fan of Thinks, and then I saw your short film, The Week, uh, exploring the taboos of menstruation. And you shared how you've always loved to talk about things that people really aren't comfortable talking about, which I so relate to. And I've been following along ever since. I think it's so fantastic. When did you first realize that you wanted to make a difference in women's menstrual care? Um, well, I mean, I think just having accidents every single month certainly uh, <laughs> helped push the mission forward. Um, I think, you know, if you ask every woman, including yourself, I mean, how many pairs of underwear have you ruined on your period? Totally. More than right? I can count. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And so that same um, problem just kept arising every single um, 
month for me, you know, it was just crazy. It was, it was like my first time getting my period every single month. It was crazy. And I just kept having leaks and stains and accidents and issues and leak, you know. And, um, and so, um, and so just, you know, um, looked at the marketplace and realized that there was like a huge opportunity to, um, you know, to, to, to disrupt a category that has been pretty much dormant in the last 50 years, you know, the feminine hygiene category had had little to no improvement or innovation in the last 50 years, you know, really only three major innovations in the entire 20th century of which tampons and pads are the main, the main sort of thing. And, um, tampons were invented in 1931, you know, by a man and hasn't changed really since then, except being made with rayon and worse, worse materials that are actually bad for women. Um, and the, you know, the pad, um, you know, was innovated in 1969 when they put the adhesive strip underneath the pad to prevent it from moving around. You know, before that women had to use menstrual belts, clips and pins to hold the pad in place. And so, um, you know, there was really a, a lot of room for real innovation in this category that it actually worked where women weren't leaking and having accidents. It was messy. Um, there really was a need for it. That's awesome. And I I do ha- have heard a lot of stories, actually. My mom told me that her, her maxi pads had straps around them and, and just were really horrific. And it's amazing how, like you said, very little has, has changed in that space. Were the underwear kind of the first idea that you had? Did you immediately think, I want to make underwear that solves this problem? Yeah, I think because, you know, when you look at the category, um, I mean, the underwear is what we keep ruining, right? Uh, the question was like, how do we stop leaking through our underwear? And how do we stop the embarrassment from happening in our underwear, basically? And so, um, yeah, I mean, looked at the feminine hygiene categories, a $15 billion category, looked at the underwear categories, a $14 billion category. So really, you know, to put the two together um, sounded like a good idea. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, it's brilliant. So could you just explain briefly how it works? Because I know it's you create this whole cycle, basically. Um, how does it work? So if somebody goes to the website, how do they create their, their you know, perfect set, I guess? Yeah, I mean, so we have different flow levels of underwear. We have, you know, um, light, medium, and heavy um, on your lightest days. And so... Um, on our heaviest days, we suggest you buy our hip hugger, um, which holds, which holds two full tampons worth of blood. Um, it's obvious they're all, you know, leak proof and absorbent and antimicrobial and moisture wicking and really supports women in the, in the sense that it looks and feels like a regular pair of underwear. Like you can't even tell that it's anything but a regular pair of underwear, but it actually has all the properties that are required to do the job and actually work for a woman and make women feel safe and worry-free. Um, and so you can buy our hip huggers for our heavy days and you can buy our sport and our, um, um, you can buy our, um, sport and high waist for our medium days. Um, you can buy our boy short and cheeky for our lightest light days and our thong for our lightest days. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And they are, they're really elegant looking. And I like that they come in, you know, neutral colors. There's like nude and there's black and there's white and it's, it's awesome. I love it so much. You went to Uganda, which I think is so awesome to find out kind of why period stigma carries on. Would you tell us a little bit about what you learned there? Yeah. Um, 
you know, really like right now, over 100 million girls are missing a week of school when they have their periods. And millions of those girls are dropping out of school because of something as natural as their periods. Um, and we couldn't believe it. Like when I traveled to South Africa, I discovered, you know, the issue. And when I traveled to Uganda to actually, you know, witness the impact of our, of our work. And, you know, girls went from missing two weeks of school to being fully attendant with our reusable menstrual pads that we've partnered with AfroPads to provide. And so how it works is for every pair of underwear sold that supports you and I, we fund a pack of reusable menstrual pads to girls in Uganda. Um, and basically they're being sold these products at an affordable subsidized cost. And we get to help AfroPads grow their business, um, hire more local women, create more local jobs and create an empowerment model and not a, a sustainable business model and not a welfare model. Beautiful. I love that so much. It's such such an important message. And I was really surprised. I know you share a lot of statistics in that short film you have too, which I'll share a link in the show notes. But I was really surprised. I think it's so important to to realize, you know, these these global issues. It's incredible. How has this work, or if at all, influenced how you feel about your own body or your own menstrual cycle? Yeah, I mean it really has helped me not think um, that's been really empowering. So we suggest that when you, if you're a really heavy bleeder, but on your heaviest days, you might want to wear an organic cotton tampon or a menstrual cup with the underwear. Um, and then on a medium and light days, you wear the underwear by itself. Um, if you're, if you're on the pill or if you're, you, if you have a, um, a, uh, like IUD in, which makes you a pretty light bleeder, then you can wear the underwear by itself the entire time. So, we always say hashtag know your flow. I love it. So that's the hashtag people can search for on Twitter and also post their own experiences. I mean, kind of. I mean, like if you, we just say hashtag know your flow, just like, you know, your flow best kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's so different for everyone. That's, one thing that I've noticed in our first experiences, for example, I don't think anyone's ever really quite prepared for what happens. And, you know, it's it's just not a one-size-fits-all thing for sure. Um, and I also respect what you do for entrepreneurs and for socially conscious entrepreneurs. I actually read your book, which is awesome. Do cool shit, quit your day job, start your own business and live happily ever after. So before I let you go, I would love to hear if you have any advice. I know the book is chock full, so I hope everyone checks that out and buys things and, and supports all the work you're doing. Um, but for anybody who's listening, because I feel like a lot of women and a lot of our listeners and readers are really interested in, you know, making a difference and and making that part of a business as well. So do you have any tips for socially conscious entrepreneur up-and-comers? Um, you know, I always say doing cool shit requires doing. <laughs> and it's really, you know, there's a, there's a term, you know, the, the term anxiety, um, which prevents so many people from actually taking those steps. Um, Anxiety actually stems from the Latin word anxietas, and actually anxietas means not knowing. Um, and oftentimes, like there's this, you know, um, my boyfriend always says, when you don't know, you don't go. Um, and so anxiety oftentimes sort of um, paralyzes people from taking action. But in fact, taking action is the best way to act to combat anxiety. And so, you know, I talk about, I talk to people who are interested in losing weight. I said, losing weight, you know, the, the first step of losing weight is putting your, your running shoes on and walking out that door. That's 90% of it. And so it's just like taking that step, taking positive action towards what you want to do day in, day out 
every day will create that change for yourself and for your business and wherever you want to create. So it's a, it's a, it's literally that. It's it's not more than taking a positive step towards what you're interested in doing every single day, like brushing your teeth. Beautiful. I love that. Make it a habit and, and stick to it and act. I find that when we overthink things without acting, it just drives us crazy. So that's a, that's a really good point. I love it. So tell us where we can learn more about you. What's next in the pipeline? Well, I definitely do want to quickly bring up our sister brands. Um, definitely check out IconUndies.com, which is our pee-proof underwear um, that empowers women when they have light bladder leakage and urinary or, or urinary incontinence. Um, and also check out... Um, Tushy or help, which is our, our, our bidet brand. You, go, go, you can go to hellotushy.com. Um, and it's a simple bidet that, that clips onto your toilet, turns any toilet into bidet in less than 10 minutes with no plumbing, no electrical required for $57. It's literally the most game changing thing you can possibly do for your bottom and for your, for your life, to be honest. Um, it'll alleviate 26 million combined cases of UTIs, hemorrhoids, yeast infections, help save 15 million trees a year. It, it's, you know, bring light to the global sanitation crisis. It's, um, you know, a really, it, it's, it's the next cultural shift that we're really excited to break, um, and, and to change. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. So, yeah. Check out, um, she thinks with an X.com icon undies.com and hello tushy.com. So wonderful. Thanks again, Mickey. What a rock star she is. Now we're going to jump into another important subject, how to keep the sexy fires burning well into a relationship and what to do when that fire goes out. So today's Ask Dr. Megan question comes from Barbara, who wrote this. I'm a happily married woman and very much in love with my husband. We've been together for five years. And in the past couple, things have changed for me sexually. I crave sex often, but now I'm only craving it with other men. I almost never desire it with my husband and feel so guilty for that. It makes me cry. I haven't told him yet, and I really, really don't want to. Before meeting him, him, I was in open relationships, which I think may have kept my sexual engine revved up. Is this why I now crave more partners, or is that just how I'm wired? I don't plan to act on my desires. All I want is to feel turned on by and for the love of my life. I'm scared that the fire may leave for good, which would be so devastating. Please help. Thank you for your incredibly brave question, Barbara. Here is what Dr. Megan had to say. Barbara, thank you for your question. Uh, and it's complex, you know. I wish there was some simple answers. Um, but I think you're experiencing the reality that the sort of that love phase, that lustful craving quality that you're describing is really meant to end. And that's just not how you're wired. It's how we're all wired. Uh, so the dopamine, sort of the love cocktail that we refer to sort of neurochemically, it's meant to last between, depending on the studies, a year to about three and a half years. And you're now, you know, five years together. So I think it's, just because that aspect, that craving, lustful desire isn't there, in my experience, does not equal what's possible for you and your husband. Because we sort of refer to it as fanning the flame, you know, that um, we have to create those sparks. And most couples fall into sort of those, uh, sort of that sexual rut, um, what we call sort of, sort of the scripted sex. It's predictable, same times. And our brains also really seek novelty. So it's an opportunity to sort of get those spikes by, you know, adding surprises, uh, you know, the random and, um, you know, reflexive sort of 
romantic gestures and, you know, the occasional getting away, you know, what are the things that increase your heart rate and might even produce a little fear or anxiety. You know, the thing that I think most is that in a romantic relationship, you have the safety and security so that the two of you can kind of go out on that tightrope, right? And sort of take risks and explore your sexual boundaries. So, you know, I would start this by having a really frank and explicit conversation of, um, you know, when couples get together, there's what's comfortable on your romantic menu and there's what's on his uh, or your partner's menu. And then anything that's not shared usually falls off the menu. And the other thing I know in working with couples is usually when you first get together, you're a little bit more adventurous and you try something new, but if it doesn't go well, typically you're like, oh my God, you don't touch it with a 10 foot pole. And so I say to couples, even in my own marriage, you know, role play the first time, you know, two, three months in, I was just like, my partner, my husband, um, was really good at it. And I was like, oh my God, come back. Like I was freaked out by it. But you know, 10 years into marriage, it's really been an opportunity sort of play and explore and can be really hot. So I think, you know, one of the things here is to realize that we don't always come to sex from that place of craving. Clearly, you know it, you have that feeling or attraction to other men. And listen, that may be related to the fact that you've been in open relationships and you've had the novelty and opportunity to have more than one sexual partner. And you know what? For some people, that is a lifestyle and it is a preference. Um, and I'm not sure whether or not your husband knows that you were in open relationships. And if he does, you know, that at some point might also be a conversation, which is, you know, it, it's really up to couples now to sort of negotiate their fidelity and what does that look like? And, you know, what are you open to? Is, is that even a topic for conversation? Um, or, you know, it may be that your husband isn't, you know, open, or I'm sort of hearing you say for right now, you don't want to act on those desires. So, um, I think the place to start is by adding the spark and, you know, fan the flame and recognize that sometimes it, we come to sex from that open and receptive. It's not always linear, meaning the craving leads to arousal and leads to orgasm. Sometimes it comes from, you know, I want to experience this intimacy and you want to want. And from that place, he touches you, he caresses you. And all of a sudden your body's like, oh, that feels good. And the want and the arousal build. So sometimes arousal leads to the desire and then to orgasm. So hopefully I've given you some thoughts and tips to sort of think outside of the box about not just allowing yourself to get frustrated by noticing, because of course you notice, you know, and it is important that you don't try to shut that down because it's part of your sexuality. It's part of your sexual pilot light. So notice that you feel that arousal, but then can you use fantasy? Can you use fantasy of your husband? Can you um, share fantasies? Really thinking about how can you use that energy, that craving, and can you channel it to cre increase that spark with your husband? Um, you know, my sense is if you're like most couples, you get frustrated by this feeling and that becomes sort of a block or barrier. And then you just sort of lose your imagination, your curiosity, and your willingness to, again, create that spark and see what's possible. So uh, that's my challenge to you. Really allow yourself this opportunity to try new things, to add sort of the spark and excitement, and to have more intimate conversations with your husband to see what other things you both want to add to your menu. So I really hope you'll uh, follow up because we'd love to hear how it goes. Thanks. 
Such wonderful advice as always, Dr. Megan. Thank you. To learn more about Dr. Megan, visit her website, greatlifegreatsex.com. Barbara, I also wanted to mention that you might really enjoy this book by Daniel Bergner. It's called What Do Women Want? It features research conducted by Meredith Shivers and more. And Meredith Shivers is amazing. Look her up. She's such a fantastic researcher and provider of information that's really fresh and new and groundbreaking. And some really fascinating research recently indicates that women may be more easily bored by monogamy than men are in general. You know, everybody's different, which isn't to say that you have to have more partners or multiple partners. But as Dr. Megan pointed out, novelty could be a really important thing for you. I mean, think about it. Women's heads, we like bounce all over the place, right? Like do you, you can have that in your relationship and that you've set it as a goal is so huge. It's so huge. And I really commend you for wanting to nurture that. I think it's beautiful. It sounds like it's a big shift from your previous relationship history. And the fact that you really want to be on the same page with your guy is really awesome. I personally found this book uh, refreshing and affirming because it also debunks many other common myths about women's sexuality. And a lot of those are myths I've, I disbelieved for a long time that really fueled Girl Boner. So when it came out, I was just like, yes, finally someone's talking about it. And, and there's, you know, research being done and there's all kinds, there's good news there. So I'm just thinking it might help you gain some more context around your feelings and help you get rid of shame because it's really hard, I know, and painful. Like you said, you're you're feeling like um, you don't want to hurt him. You're crying just thinking about this, and yet you were bold enough to bring your feelings forward and share this. And I have no doubt that someone else listening, maybe many people listening, are benefiting as well. And that is resonating. So thank you again. If any of y'all have a question for Girl Boner, please contact me. Megan and I would love to answer. You can find the contact option on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. Just click that contact tab. While you're on Dr. Megan's site, Great Life, Great Sex, add backslash Girl Boner to learn about her Rekindled Desire program. So that's also another resource you all can consider if your libido has been lower than usual or you just want to spice up your life a bit. She's offering a 30% discount for Girl Boner listeners and it comes with a workbook and audio program so you can do it privately at your own pace. It's awesome. To learn how I and 16 other women from a broad range of backgrounds found our way to sexual empowerment, be sure to check out my book, Embraceable, which you can find on Amazon, iTunes, and barnesandnoble.com. For direct purchasing links, you can find those on my website, August McLaughlin. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>